At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I can see that. Hit it. You're 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 back from uh, you're back from Europe, and we're we're back on. So yeah, that's, that's so. how fast life changes, doesn't it? <laughs> I know. Last time we were talked, you were on the French Riviera, and now you're now you're just looking at your. I'm in uh, Redneck Riviera in Lake Ozark. <laughs> uh, so so you were telling me, uh, you mm. know, you told me a lot of stuff when we're when the when the microphone's not rolling. So I, you know, we won't divulge That's right. too much, mm-hmm. too much about the trip. But you, but we were talking about the uh, the food over there in France, and I, I for one can't believe every time you sent me a text that you were like eating a Burger King, eating a McDonald's, eat, you know, like why? Now would that you go wasn't to every time, but there was a lot of times that we that that that's where we ended up. I don't get that. Why? Well, first of all, a lot of French restaurants, especially your finer French restaurants, they only they're only open till every table is seated and then they close the doors. So ah, okay. if it if it only holds two hundred people, they open the doors at seven and when all those fifty tables are filled or whatever, they shut the door. So you can't you know what I mean? So there'll be big lines and and if there's if you're number two hundred and two in in line and there's only two hundred seats, you just ain't getting to eat there. And you and 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 they'll line up five thirty or six for restaurants going to open at seven or seven thirty for the real good ones. Real and then okay. they'll only have, all the whole menu will be on one page. You'll have two or three appetizers, two or three, three or four 
main courses, three or four desserts, and and fifty wines. So it's one of those places that the menu changes daily, and that's uh, why they only let somebody. Or they maybe that, or they they you know they've got a couple steak deals, a couple pasta deals, a couple chicken deals, and that's it. And then some of them are even more limited. Some of them even nicer, nicer ones. They've got like three things. And everybody, you know, if you want to eat steak, you're going to go to this restaurant. If you're going to eat chicken, you're going to go to this restaurant. If you're going to eat fish, you're going to go to this restaurant. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I still Uh don't know why why McDonald's. (laughs) Because shit's closes. And then, (laughs) like, I'm going to give you a prime example. D-Day. Day before D-Day, we are in Normandy. We spent half the day at the the National Cemetery, jacking around, going to Omaha Beach, going to museums, going whatever. And 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 we go to this we go to this little right below Point de Hawkers or whatever town French town right on the coast. Right, I mean we're right there in one of the little towns that uh, that uh, the British or the U.S. soldiers ran through. You know what I mean? And we're taking pictures. We go sit down, and it's my brother says, hey, we'll sit down. And let's go to this place. Well, first two places we went, they said we're closed. And when I say they're closed, it's 1245 or 1 o'clock, and they've got 35 people sitting out on the balcony or out on the deck. We're closed. We're closed. And those were the kind of restaurants that once everybody's seated, you know, they're going to serve. And, and I think the theory from their perspective is that way they 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 – they have a laissez-faire, remember that from your eighth grade uh, international studies class, attitude, and, and they're just not going to kill themselves all day, right? So they're yeah. going to be open that three or four hours, and then everybody – and then their people get – otherwise, if, if you have to work a long time, your people never get to go home and, and hang out on Sunday or – or does that make sense? Yeah, I get it. So yeah. we finally get to this place that's open, and the place is – and we sit at a high top. Anyway, we sit there for about 40 minutes. So finally my brother says, screw these people. Let's go. And then I go to pay for our drinks. And the guy says, why in trying to get in America? Why is he upset? I said he wanted to eat. Well, why did you sit on a drink table? And that's when I found out. And then I researched the next day, too. If you sit at a high table, high top, they don't expect you to order food. They don't even serve food to high tops. you got to sit at a low top. <laughs> a high top's a drinking table. They don't, they've never been to like an Applebee's or BW. They don't have. You can't even say, you know, that's exactly what I tried to explain to this guy. And he said, you know what? You're not in America, buddy. <laughs> oh, so they never, they never even bothered to say. And I said, you know what? You're not in Germany, thanks to my dead great grandparents. So, so, and you know what? They would have let me, they would have served me to high top. Um, <laughs> So you end up going over to McDonald's or Burger King. And let me tell you, it's not like Burger King or McDonald's in the States. First of all, they'll be one of the biggest lines I've seen it waiting was at the McDonald's by my hotel in Nice. Okay. I run yeah. down to the, I run down, I'm in a, I'm in a kind of an older neighborhood in Nice, 550 yards from the beach. Uh, uh, and then I run down and ask the, you know, the struggling Al Qaeda member where the closest sandwich shop was. And he said, uh, well, McDonald's right there. <laughs> so I tell my brother, it looks like McDonald's it is. And we walk over there and there was 50 people in line and they don't take, 
you can't walk to the counter like you do in the States. You know how you got electronic kiosks here at McDonald's where you got to pick your food out? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. 100% of McDonald's and Burger King, that's the way you do it. And I've got my truck driving brother that just says, you know, if I wanted to work, he's trying to tell these people in front in American and, and they don't care. Hey, if I wanted to work at McDonald's, I'd work at McDonald's. You got me doing your work. And, and so you wait a long time. The, the, you know, the, 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 the small drink over here, the, you, the king size drink over there is like our medium. And then if you want ice, it's extra. And then if the ice things out, you don't get it. They put tomatoes on your sandwich over there, which I don't particularly uh, mind, but my brother bothers me for some reason. But what they do have is they'll have, you know, over here, they can't find help. Over there, they'll have 40 kids in that, 40 teenagers in McDonald's. It was like it was in the 80s when we were growing up, or not, you know, 80s. Let's just say <laughs> there's 40 kids working as fast as and hard as they can back here in the McDonald's and Burger King's over there. Well, they got if they got fifty people in line, you better have that many that much help. Uh-huh. How good are they if they are if there's fifty people in line though? Well, I mean, not get people know, through there, or do they not treat it as like fast food? It's not yeah. fast food over there. I mean, those yeah. people are there. To, you know, I, this is what I think, not what I know. They're there and for American ask, cuisine. Hmm? They're there for American cuisine. Yes. Is probably the way to look at it. Yeah. Yes, and they don't eat it four or five times a week. That's their night out. You've seen whole families there. Uh huh. Well, you know what I mean, that's well, their night hey, look, out. When, I, when just... I was when I was growing up, that was our night out. That was like our yeah, food. oh yeah. You know, like uh, I remember when a Wendy's opened up, like the next town over, like twenty miles away. You'd have thought it was we were going to a fancy steak house. Hey, when I was know? a kid, we only got to go out when we picked up enough aluminum cans or bottles for returns. <laughs> To save the money to go there. I listen. I speaking of that Wendy's. I remember, and maybe you, do you remember the 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 tables in the Wendy's that used to have the old time advertisements on yes. like like the and I used uh-huh. to think that was the greatest thing ever to to sit there and enjoy my Wendy's meal and read all those advertisements. I thought, man, I'm really doing like I'm I'm experiencing something a lot of my friends are experiencing. And I was just but eating, just eating fast food. It really bothered my brother. You know, my brother tries to eat a steak every day of the week. I knew I liked him for some reason. Okay. Now, I ate like that in my 20s. I just don't do it now. Okay. And and it so, so he didn't care if he was going to spend 50 bucks, right? Yeah. He didn't care. But he couldn't get it a lot of times because the way the timing was in our, you know, our, 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 our internal clocks are messed up. You know, I only ate twice. You know, me and him only ate about twice a day. Now, see me, they make these, these, the pullet that these, uh, uh, chicken sandwiches over there and this big piece of hard bread. The breads are really hard, right? And my brother says that's because they, they last longer or something. I don't really understand. But these French breads are real hard. So you'd walk in and I would get I used to eat all the time when I used to work over there. 
you know, it's about 12, 15 inch long piece of bread. They cut it down the middle. They put uh, some cheese and some, you know, kind of like a, kind of like a mayonnaise mustard combination. I don't know what it's called. You know, it's their kind of mustard, you know, Dijon. And, uh, yeah, Dijon. something like that. And, uh, and, and, and chicken breast and, and that's about it. Cheese. And sometimes you can get a little lettuce and tomato. More usually tomato, not necessarily lettuce. And I, I eat them. You know, me and him, first couple of days, you know, we'd get it cut in half, and that's all we'd eat. You know, me and him, we ate for $25 a day, $30 a day some days when my teenager was spending 100 Holy moly. Know, 50 60 You know, him and another kid was, was, was you know, hanging out in Paris, eating eating all this fancy stuff, and me and my brother were eating at Wendy's, right? But then again, you know, we got to go to the F1. You know, I think I sent you something, didn't I, from the F1 and F2 time trials. I mean, we went to Monaco a couple times. Oh, yeah. We, oh, yeah. we were Mont Blanc. I mean, me and my brother did a lifetime trip where my kids, they just sat around and, and acted like the every, every French teacher they ever had taught them and sit around the Eiffel Tower and, and eat crepes and shit, you know? Oh, <laughs> uh, so how, how, how was the, uh, how was the flight back? I still can't, I, st- I still don't know that I could get an airplane for that long. You know, I haven't flown that long. I was trying to think, wreck my brain. I haven't been over there that long. I haven't, you know, I used to do a lot and I was stringing five, it's been five, probably five years since I've been on a, international flight and it it i don't want to say it killed me but it was not for some reason it really bothered me not necessarily going but coming back now going i think first of all i got me and my son's seat side by side but then he didn't want to sit by me he wanted my me to switch my seat with his buddy from high school who was who was odd man out does that make sense so instead of me sitting by my kid who i would say hey i sat by the window and and instead of having my son who it wouldn't bother me telling him to get his ass out of his seat because i gotta go potty because i go you know i pee a lot because i'm on uh water pills as you guys know what that is if you're my age and uh anyway i had this dude I had this dude, some stranger next to me that seemed put out. Uh, Every time he had to go to the bathroom. (laughs) I only got up twice, I think, is when he had to go up. And I don't remember what he was talking to me about. He was kind of an odd deal. He was an American. He was going to Portugal, and he was complaining about it. What was he complaining? About? He was complaining that he he worked for a and, I, and I'm trying to remember. I know where he used to work, and I'm trying to remember where he works now. He was up and coming um, um, techie of some sort because he was explaining to me how this company was going to be the real deal, and and he was not. He wasn't making a lot of money because he was getting stock options in a cyber uh, company. In exchange for actual cash. Yes, and and I just did not have the heart to explain to him that you as as crappy as cash is, it's always better to eat than stock options. 
<laughs> right? I mean, because I was raised that the world is, and I, I, I try not to cuss on our podcast, but the world is a shit sandwich. The more bread you have, the less shit you eat. Unfortunately, <laughs> kids aren't trained that. So he was explaining to me how smart he was in this in this cybersecurity company that he was an outside salesman for, and with his in, with his stock options. And God bless him. So the the company made them. He had to essentially go. He had a four day trip. He had to. He was continuing on from Paris to Lisbon, and he was going to sit in Lisbon for th- two or three days and then fly home. And he was complaining about it because it was it was a you know it was about an hour meeting for two or three days you know an hour each day oh, yeah. that he's there. He could have done a couple hours over Skype. Yeah, which I don't look. I get into that with you know I don't get into it, but I, I get that in that discussion with some of the people I know that. Their business requires them to travel, and I'm like, well, just to go meet customers. I'm like, doesn't even make any sense anymore. Why would you go? Why would you go do that when you could do it over Skype? And you know, like Christie's had to, you know, has to do that with some of her business. And it's like, because uh, well, some people they just want to see people face to face. Well, and I think that's part of it. And the other part of it, yeah, they probably drink a lot and eat a lot, and and. And and do and and they want to see you know if you're who they think you are. Does that make sense? I mean, if if all <laughs> yes. you've got to do is maintain your composure for a forty five minute Skype call, I mean, I could I could have been, I don't want to say the president, but I could have been more if all I had to do was was, <laughs> was behave for forty five minutes at a whack. It was, it was that something other I eight, could mute. Is that other right? seven hours and fifteen minutes that you were on the clock that you couldn't? Yes, it's it's having to it's having to, you know. I had a dude that told me one day, and normally when I tell the the, the story back home here, around cops, around old cops that know who these old guys are, right? One's dead, and the other one's is rode off into the sunset. And I always say, so and so told so and so, and he told me, in your career, you're going to have the opportunity to say a lot of things to a lot of people. Just don't. And it's hard to live by that when you're in person, right? So you have the opportunity to say a lot of things to a lot of people. Just don't. Yes, just don't. <laughs> Meaning, when you're there with these people, even though you think you... Is that you like the upside-down Nike? Like the upside-down Nike saying, hey, symbol? And you're, that's what he's saying. You're going to be around a lot of people, and you... You're gonna you can say a lot of shit, and they probably one don't care, and two you know the problem I have is my mind does not work like other people's right. So my 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 signal is not always received the way I want it to be received. I get that totally. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And it's taken to me when I was till I was fifty years old to realize that. And then sometimes, this is another thing that's got me, that hamstrings me in person, is, you know, for entertainment purposes, I might say some crazy stuff, right? Or if people <laughs> seem offended, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. About a month ago, I was in an interview situation with some people that... 
were totally unprepared. Two of the three were totally unprepared to even be sitting at a table with me. Does that make sense? Yeah. First of all, they showed up without a suit and tie. And I don't know why, and as an old man, that bothers me. But I've got one on, right? So they should at least. So freaking they should have had one on. And I know the two of them wasn't wearing one. The younger two wasn't wearing them because they're cool people, and cool people don't have to, right? Uh, I mind. guess, if that's in their mind. You know what I mean? In their mind, they're cool people, so they don't have to. So right off the bat, I, I don't care much for them because they didn't take the opportunity to even... I mean, it's completely disrespectful, right? Because I think in their head, they expected me to be wearing one, but they don't have to wear one. And as we're progressing down this, this thing, I, the road gets a little bumpy because this girl gets kind of snarky with me. Okay. Yeah. And I was asked a question if I knew anybody in their organization. And I said, yeah, I mean, back from back in the old days, what do you mean? And I, I, and I, when I, when I named the person, their organization, I named the, the, the number one person in their organization. And then they looked at each other, and they looked at me, and and, it, and the one guy says, the no tie guy with the with the cool kid pants on says, "Was there anybody else?" And I said, "You want me to go there?" And he goes, "Well, yeah, if you can." And I said, "So and so," and it was that person's boss appointed by the governor. Both of them were appointed by the governor, but. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> so what did so, they have to say to that? <laughs> they didn't have much to say. They never talked to me again after that. <laughs> but I did talk to their boss. I talked to both of them. The the I talked to the, both the big bosses. Their their boss and then their boss's boss. A couple days later. And what did they have to say? At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. A different thing. Well, I, you know, I can't really tell you about it on the podcast, but anyway... <laughs> So all that's to say is I said some shit that I didn't need to say just because I think they were punks. And and (laughs) so I think everybody I think everybody I think everybody listening just cheered at what you had to say. Because you got to do something that probably a lot of people don't have the opportunity or know the people that they can well enough that they can you know go Explain to somebody in charge. Now, hold on a second. At the end of the day, I did not get chosen for what I was there to be chosen for. Okay. And part of the reason why I didn't get chosen is because I think it's because of that. My, my attitude was because, because it, just because of the way I treated them. Does that make sense? Yeah. So but that's they, my problem going into going to. Uh, in in person meetings as opposed to Zoom because in Zoom meeting I could have had the same meeting and I wouldn't have bothered me that they were not in a tie because they're on freaking Zoom for Christ's sake. Uh, well, not to uh... the only thing bothers me more than the Zoom than not having a tie on is is no the pants. two cool kids had had them tactical pants you know like the tactical pants they watch people on TV have. For a job interview? Uh-huh. They were interviewing me for a position that 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 I walked in that room thinking I was I had done already had done had without calling the director. Uh-huh. And and I just it just bothers the shit out of me when these guys wear them tactical pants in a situation that, in almost any situation. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> that doesn't require you to be tactical. Well, you know, I, 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 yes, because pants don't make the person, right? I mean, just because you're wearing a cool guy pants don't mean you're a cool guy. And somebody told me before this said, do not overwhelm them because they will be put off. That was what I was told before this meeting. Do not overwhelm them because they will be put off. Well, if you're interviewing for a job, and you can mm-hmm. overwhelm the per- people interviewing you. Shouldn't you? Shouldn't they then say, "Man, this guy needs to be"? No, because that's not the way it works. I know, but that's the way it should. That's work. not that's the way what, it works. That's not that's the way what, it works. And that's, that's not the way it works. So I purposely <laughs> refrained until I could see the road was getting bumpy, and then you know what? I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna light this fire. You know what I mean? I'm gonna, I, you know. <laughs> You're gonna go down in a blaze of glory. Yes, when I use the term "gather human intelligence at the source," okay, and they to didn't exploit, know what it meant. they didn't. I, I I think that one of them wanted to get a thesaurus out or a dictionary to see what I meant by human intelligence, and the other one was trying to figure out what he meant, what I meant by exploit. Hmm? <laughs> well, what I wanted to say was. <clears throat> referring back to a blaze of glory is people really enjoyed the, uh, 
the story about the chicks catching on fire. Um, and you jumping know, into I the almost dog said box. it was. I almost said it was. <laughs> what was it? Emolation? Is that when you set yourself on fire like the monks do? I couldn't. Oh, I was geez. trying to think when I was telling the story. I was trying to think of what you can like a spot a spontaneous combustion or or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I almost said immolation. Isn't that what it's called? I don't know. I have to Google it up. I don't know. Uh-huh. That's a terrible story. Why did they like that one too much? I. Uh, you know what? I think it was. Listen. Okay. So Phil, who uh, has has been helping produce the stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, is right now like uh, till to the end of the week teaching down at uh, a school in outside of Atlanta, and he said, "Now he may have been exaggerating for the sake of you know uh, of entertainment, but he I was sitting there putting up my mail route, my phone goes off, I looked down and Phil had sent me a text on his morning commute and said he had had to literally pull over." Uh, because he was laughing so hard at that at that story <laughs> so, about the little little baby chicks. About the little, and little baby in chick. the correct term, would have been spontaneously combustion or spontaneous ignition. Is it, it <laughs> as it is often called? Is the occurrence of fire without the application of an external heat source? That's not true because this had the little chicks had a heat source, the heat lamp. Yeah, but I, I, I think it's I think it's saying like without being doused in gasoline and a match thrown on it is probably what that means. You know, I'm just hey, trying look, to figure out why Phil much. got such a kick out of those little little baby chicks burning <laughs> well, up. Well, because and Phil's, Phil's homestead very on fire. Phil's very twisted. That's why he. That's why we catching the whole watch. homestead on fire. <laughs> you know, when you think about it, that could be if I had a little thirty minute. TV series, I could just make a little TV show out of each one of these little short, you know. No. And, and, well, I yeah. asked Phil, I said, Phil, if we could just animate that three-minute story, I go, can you imagine like a South Park-type cartoon of these little chick legs with a ball of flame on top of it just hopping? Well, then, I, you ooh, know, hopping into when, the when dog you, box. Really, when you get to thinking about it, um, what a better way you know, I mean, if you were, you know, sons of anarchy type stuff, right? And you want to burn dude's house on fire and he had little chicks, you can just turn the heat up on them, right? And just, and just throw them in there or something like that. And what are they going to do? Blame the little birds? That's like mafia stuff. Like, how are we really going to screw this guy over? We're going we're gonna to set his chicks on fire. Yeah, we're going to set his chicks on fire and they're going to run in there and they're going to get the whole, <laughs> the whole well, thing. The- all I could think about was that one poor pheasant chick that we got left sitting under the heat lamp, and him spun because he's 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 jumping now, like he's trying to. You got to back the heat up a little bit, make it higher away or something. I listen. We're I don't even know. We're just lucky that we got the. Here, here's the problem is is we're I don't know what we're gonna do with this one chick. Okay, I, we can't hardly keep it in this crate, and we're trying to find a dog kennel like you suggested so we can get it out there and start catching bugs but it doesn't matter as soon as we go loose in two weeks three weeks four it's just going to be a bite-sized meal for something i mean Probably. how's you one got any cats around your house cat no i think first night no we don't have cats i don't i don't believe in cats i just you know sorry yeah i mean i don't want to tell you on the cat stories i got because i'll get canceled for sure my 14 fans will I got like 18 <laughs> followers, and I'm sure half of them are cat people. 
<laughs> uh, I look, I, I just can't, uh, I just can't get into cats. Sorry, I know, and I know. Well, I appreciate cats. cats. You know what I mean. I, I, I but cats are killers, and I mean, if you're a bird person, you can't be a bird person, be a cat person, because cats are absolute killers of birds. Yeah, yeah, and rabbits are. in small game. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And and I don't like the fur. I just the, the fur. The, my, my allergies are so bad, and that fur. I just and then the lick the fur. I, I mean, I can't even get into it. Well, some I of them mean, fancy cats are bald. I'm talking the four-legged ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. But anyway, anyway, I we we did get a lot of uh, great feedback on the you know, on the bird burning. On the bird burn. I don't know why. We have some well, we have some sick twisted fans. I mean just the way well, it is. I you know. I got I, you know, I probably got I I'm trying to think right off the top of my head here as I'm as I'm surfing definitions, burn definitions. I probably got two or three crazy fire stories. Well, well, well let's get another crazy fire story before and then we'll uh before we sign off because I think our next episode, we're going to have a fan. We got a fan that wants to join us. I had a buddy of mine call me one day. I was working. I don't remember where I was going to, coming to. But, you know, it's a guy that that I talk to quite regularly now because I moved back home. But he's a politician and a lobbyist and uh, like a no kidding registered lobbyist on a national scale. But anyway, he calls me in a panic one day and says, you know, so-and-so. And I said, nope. And he goes, oh, yeah, you do. And, and you know. I moved away from home, you know, obviously 20 some years ago. Right. And, and now that I've moved back, everybody thinks I never left. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So he says, well, yeah, you do. And I said, no, I don't. Well, you know, he's so-and-so. And so, and so we go down this whole thing and I said, okay, so what, so, well, he's killing people. And I said, huh? Well, he's killing people. I said, what do you mean he's killing people? And he goes, well, you know, so-and-so. And I said, yeah, what killed him? And I said, what are you talking about? And he goes, oh, yeah, I'm scared to go home. This guy might be after me. And I said, <clears throat> well, if he killed Zoe, who would all he kill? And he said, well, he went to this house, and and this is no kidding. Um, I don't think I'm going to mention the guy's name, the the shooter's name. But he he was he was a ringleader in a in a local crime syndicate. Think redneck crime syndicate, right? Yep, all right. And, and and one of the big things now this is eight seven eight years ago before diesel fuel is the way it is now, okay. And somehow they were one of their one of their things was skimming diesel fuel. One of them drove a big eighteen wheeler. Dead dude victim number one drove an eighteen wheeler full of fuel, and and he would deliver to these gas stations every day on this route, okay. And somehow he was underfilling all of these stations. So, you know, say he's skimming, you know, and I'm making up stuff, but whatever he's skimming, you know what I mean? He's skimming 100 gallons from 10 stations a day. That's 1,000 gallons at the end of his route he's got left in that big truck, you know? Gotcha. And they were offloading it in a fuel bladder in a stock trailer, (laughs) Here we go, redneck, right? (laughs) They had a fuel bladder (laughs) in a stock trailer, 
and then they would fill <laughs> these guys up for a couple bucks a gallon in cash, right? Okay. That was just one of the things. But really what screwed the whole end up is, and then they'd do some daylight burglaries, and they stole this grasshopper, some kind of, it's grasshopper's brand name, some kind of fancy zero-turn mower. Yep, I know that. And then he sold it to this guy through this fencing dude, you know, let's call it a fence, you know, the old fashioned fence. And somebody paid somebody in a check and that's why they got screwed up because when the cops found out, cops arrested a guy, you know, got the mower back. Where'd you get it? I got it from this guy. Are you sure? Yeah. How do you know? Well, I paid him in a check. Okay. (laughs) So all that's to say is when the whole crime syndicate started falling apart, they and, and, the, and the dead dude, victim number one, is a little older than us, right? So okay. at this time, he's in his mid 40s, and what he's doing is he's buying a lot of stole. Allegedly, he's dead. We don't know what all he did. Allegedly, he's buying stolen stuff from these te- late teen, early 20 year old guys that are going out in the country and just stealing during the day, right? Okay. You know, they're stealing whatever they're stealing. They're like grasshopper zero-turn mowers or four-wheelers or side-by-sides or whatever. Okay? So, they decide they're going to lean on this kid and tell him to shut up and keep his mouth closed. He was raised by his grandpa, and his grandpa's house burnt down. Suspiciously. And that was a that was a shot over the bow to tell this kid, you need to shut up and take the heat on this, but do not tell the cops because the cops were trying to ask this guy. I guess when they arrested him, the cops asked him, you know, what all he had, what he was doing with it, you know, give us the bigger fish kind of deal, right? And the big fish supposedly burnt Grandpa's house down. So when he bonds out of jail, he comes home and, you know, usually these kids that are being raised by their grandparents kind of got a rocky road to start off with anyway, right? So he gets out of jail and grandpa's house burnt down. So he goes, so there's actually two fires and four killings in this story, okay? So victim number one and three burnt grandpa's house down. So shooter goes over to victim number three's house and he ain't home. So, and it's a big old palatial log cabin, custom log cabin on about 240 acres set up on a hill. You know how people that build those kind of houses build them, right? <laughs> gas is a brand name, big old gas. And he wasn't home, but his feed truck was there and he had a big old one ton power stroke Ford dually with a feed bed, you know what? Feed bed with the feeder and the, Right behind oh, the yeah. cab and then the bale oh. bed, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. yeah he loads a round bale in his dude's truck, lights the whole thing on fire, and drives <laughs> it through the garage door of this half-million-dollar-long home. Okay. So victim number three and one, they're not victims yet. They call the law and try to get the law on this kid for doing all this stuff. So this kid goes over one night in the middle of the night and, you know, you're out in the country. People don't lock their house. I, I started locking my house after this story. So he goes in there with the AR-15, not in 223. He actually did it in 6.8 SPC, which is the only person 
you know, killing I ever knew to have that crazy round. He goes in and stitches victim one and his wife up in the middle and they're laying in bed and they get to, they get, both of them get shot a half a dozen times. He gets oh in. Uh, oh yeah. And then he drives over. So you remember victim number three, whose house burnt down. Yeah. So he's living in his gooseneck tamper, you know, big ass triple slide gooseneck. You know how big old RV would look plugged into his barn, you know, because he's still taking care of his farm. His just house is a burnt remain right there. You know what I mean? <laughs> so the dog starts barking. So doing like any good redneck, he sends his wife out to see what was going on. And he shoots <laughs> her in the neck. Oh, my gosh. Okay. But she actually survives. But Hillbilly, victim number three, looks out the window and he starts shooting at him through the RV slide window. Funk, 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 funk. And in your camper, let me tell you something. A camper ain't going to stop many rounds. And then he got in there and finished the job. So where he screwed up his old girl that he shot through the neck, victim number three's wife, she survived. And was able to at least call 911 from the barn phone. She couldn't talk because she had a bullet wound through her neck, but they sent the cops out. You know how enhanced 911 works. There's a 911 call, an open line. They send somebody out there. So anyway, the suspect, so my buddy calls me and he says, dude, this guy's killed at least three people. And I said, and he said, I'm worried he's going to kill me. And I said, well, then don't go home. It's pretty simple, right? He's like, I'm serious. And I said, I am too. If you really think you're on this guy's hit list, don't go home. Right. You know, I, don't, I mean, how simple is that? Right. And, uh, but anyway, the shooter went down to the river access, Missouri river, which would be like the equivalent of the Ohio river down where you're at. And he, 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 what he wanted to do was drive down the boat ramp and shoot himself in the head and have the water river, carry the car away. And he would just be missing forever, you know, cause they had a big manhunt looking for him, you know? And, and as the water swallowed up his car, he lost his nerve and he crawled out and, and ended up getting caught, you know, kind of combination get caught, give yourself up. The guns in the car washed away, never to be found again. Um, Holy but my favorite part of the fire story is when I used to tell that story, when they, when they said Vic, grandpa's house burnt and they said you could put it in a, in a five gallon bucket with what's left of it. You know what I mean? But then when that, <laughs> When that kid went over and took the feed truck with the L-shaped diesel tank underneath the feed bed with a full round bale of hay and drove it in that big 4,000 square foot thing, they said you could put that house in a coffee can when he got done with it. <laughs> so, <clears throat> anyway, them little chickens ain't seen nothing compared to some redneck crime syndicate. So... That, which is another reason why I don't watch Ozark because, you know, Ozarks were popular. My wife wanted me to watch it. And I was like, I've seen it firsthand. These, this TV show ain't got nothing on the real deal. I mean, Marty would have done rolled up all the Mexicans in the first season. You'd have had about three episodes. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness.
or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs> At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.